Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsal Review Network. Ratsal Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including... The flagship show, Ratsal Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsal Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Team Otoki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon Foundation, member Timo Toki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info, and to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're taking over. Hello, welcome to Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. I am Metal Thrashing Mike, and today I have with me Mr. Tony Vinci of the band Speaking to Stones. Tony, how are you doing, man? Oh, doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's no problem, man. I'm glad I could have you on here. I, I really had a, a good time listening to your album, the new one, uh, in, in, uh, Inhuman Error. Yeah, thanks, man. This is uh, Speaking of Stone's third CD, full length, and it actually comes out tomorrow. Well, it comes out August 5th. I'm not sure when this airs, but. Uh, probably about a week after or two. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So it's accessible. You can go to animatedinsanity.com or nodustrecords.com and pick up a copy. Yeah. Yeah, guys, be sure and do that. This is a great album. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I'm a big prog fan anyway, even dating back to like the 60s and 70s stuff, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. You know, like I love bands like Yes, Rush, uh, Wishbone Ash, um, Big Uriah Heap fan. Yeah, oh, cool, man, yeah. But, uh, you know, even more modern stuff, you know, like Dream Theater and things like that, I, I heard a lot of that on here. I think that's one of the coolest things about getting to do a project. So I don't have the same guys on every CD. I write all the material and then I work with different drummers, bassists, singers, keyboardists, depending on what, what the material calls for. So I get to sort of play with the history of prog metal with every CD. Uh, and this one, I definitely with inhuman error, I definitely went a little more modern. I was really, in, I mean, shit, man, polyphery, I'm sorry, periphery, polyphia, um, animals as leaders. I mean, Jason Richardson, Luke Holland, these guys are just, just killing it. Um, and they're bringing in everything from funk to sort of really intense modern productions to the history of a certain type of guitar playing. So basically as, as a guy who listens to it, I get to steal from all of that and, uh, uh, see what I can play with. And that's what this new stuff, this new CD is definitely more of a, my, I think of it as like a, a modern pop prog CD. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it prop, uh, pop myself, um, <laughs> you know, because I hear a lot of the modern stuff, but I hear like the uh, 
you know, like the guitars that are doing the with the kick drum and stuff like that, like a lot of modern music. You know, yeah. I, I hear a lot of the uh, and not the bad metal core, but like the good metal core kind of stuff, you know. Thanks. Yeah. No, there's definitely some of that stuff. Um, and, you know, it's mostly just beautiful singing by a guy named Maxi Kernow that everyone should check out. He is one of these extraordinarily talented dudes from the UK. Um, and then but we also talked about having some screaming parts. And I love, I think it's the, the second James LeBray CD that came out. There's James LeBray, one of the cleanest voices in modern music. And then there's some screaming here and there. And I've always just loved that relationship. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I actually love to listen to James LeBray from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Dream Theater fan. I'm sure you are because there's little cues and stuff I caught, you know, just like the way you <laughs> change with chords and stuff. I was like, oh, well, that's Petrucci. Yeah, I mean, John John Petrucci's nephew grew up in my hometown of Rochester, New York. So Petrucci was up there a lot, giving clinics. Like he used my guitar equipment a lot when you come up for clinics and stuff like that. And I was, again, I'm, I'm from Rochester, New York, and Steve Vai was up there all the time. Uh, Petrucci was up there all the time. So I got a lot of firsthand experience just watching these guys when I was younger. And hell, I was 18 years old. I went and saw the first... Uh, Dream Theater tour for Images and Words. It was five bucks to get in. Okay, no once one again. Knew who they were. Once again, no fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no one knew who they were at that point. I think they were paying a lot of money to get Pull Me Under on the radio uh, yep. back when there was normal radio. And I'll never forget, I, I knew nothing about these guys. I was, if I can say this, I was taking a piss. Yeah, absolutely. And me, and a guy, I'll give a shout out to Al DeTore from Rochester. We were kind of the, you know, we were the two big guitar heads, you know. And so here we are, we're both taking a piss, and we hear Metropolis Part 1 start. Oh, and we must have pissed all over ourselves, running out of that bathroom, pushing up to the front of the stage. And I watched John with my my mouth just dropped for two hours, uh, talked to him for a few minutes afterward, and that was it, man. I was like, my right hand is going to get better starting tomorrow. Right. I'm going to start practicing like crazy. And oh, yeah, so there's definitely Dream Theater influence and i played in a dream theater tribute band for years um i believe we were the first one in the world we played change of seasons before they did front to back <laughs> yeah you probably played space divest before they did too <laughs> honestly yes and i've always loved that song you know they didn't play it because it was so personal to kevin yeah and there's a version of them playing that with um jordan rudis and it's beautiful it's just beautiful yeah yeah, I've actually heard it. It's on the oh god, what's it called? It's on the the tour where they had all the cubes and stuff on stage. Oh, I, breaking the fourth wall, maybe. I think Something so. Like yeah, I think it's breaking the fourth wall. I had that for a while. Yeah, but but either way, your band. Um, you know, we need to let people know where we can listen to uh, speaking to stones because I mean it's it's a great project. I really enjoyed it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, Inhuman Error, uh, again, comes out August 5th. It's going to be CD only for about a month, and then it will be on all the streaming services uh, starting in September. Um, the first single, uh, called Gravity, is you can just take a listen on YouTube or on the Speaking of Stones Facebook page. Um, and that, I, man, I love that tune, and I'm so thrilled that it's the first song out there. Uh, for the guitarists, it's a straight-up seven-string song, lots of sort of low chugging and fun. And for the solo, my manager heard the first draft and he's like, the solo's a little finicky. He's like, we just need some some rip and some balls and chunk. So when someone tells you to do that, you know what I mean? When someone tells you, um, <laughs> go a little crazier, right? Because you're, you're, you're trying to be tasteful and you're trying to play to the song. And um, 
so I literally, and I, uh, some Easter eggs for the guitarists. I literally went to my favorite guitarists and I listened to some of their best, coolest riffs. And I was like, just got inspired. Um, and then I just went in the studio, hit record and went for it. And it's probably my favorite guitar playing on the CD, just because I, I remember the fun of recording that. And I hope, and maybe we don't talk about this enough, man, you know, metal is serious and prog metal is definitely serious. And we're talking about social issues. We're talking about, you know, how to get out rage and frustration. We're talking about high technique, but sometimes it's just damn fun, man. Sometimes, you know, ripping a solo should be the equivalent of Spider-Man just swinging through the city because he can. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, so, no, yeah. it's, it's such a fight with yourself as a guitar player sometimes because you're like, is this a bit too noty? Does this need to be more mm-hmm. tasteful? You know, it's like, okay, I can't be shinker all the time. You know, maybe let Ingve out, right. you know. Dude, exactly. Especially, um, I think, oh, uh, Tim Henson from Polyphia had this kind of really funny line about boomer bends. I don't know if you heard about this. Yeah. He, he was very, you know, uh, jokingly kind of ripping on older guitar players that play a lot with certain types of bends and feels. And I, again, I it was very good natured. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's not just boomer bends, it's boomer legato and boomer picking. Like there's a certain vibe from the the mid to late 80s that I adore and I think is awesome and I have no shame in ripping out some of that stuff because it's fun and it's cool and especially when you're playing over like blast metal beats or some new metal riffs, um I think it adds some cool texture. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I think I go a little bit further back than that myself, like to like Chet. I'm, I'm a country boy too, you know. I'm a Southern guy, so but as much as I love metal, you know, there's little things of country that come in sometimes. Like I love Chet Atkins. Oh, dude, Chet Atkins is amazing. And it's funny you mentioned country. If you listen to Marcos Fogley, uh, the guitarist for James Labrie and his solo albums, or Jason Richardson, they all have country tunes on their CDs now. Like yeah. balls out country tunes that rip. I, I love that, man. Genre is cool and all like, you know, oh, I'm a metal player, but when it comes down to it, man, just play what speaks to your heart. The, the, the fans, the people who like your music. I don't know, man. People get pissy about this stuff. People, the people who listen to metal music are just the coolest. They accept everything. They, they follow you no matter where you go and they're ready for something weird and different. At least that's my experience. Right? No, it, no, absolutely. I mean, even going back to like, I remember an, an interview with a band, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Venom. Everybody's heard of Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to something Kronos said like a long time ago, he was like, kids are always looking for something new, so we always have to change up what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we're what we are because it's weird and wild and strange, which is nowhere exactly. near progressive but for them. But Oh, well, my last CD, Elements, um, I got to play with Mark Zonder from Fate's Warning. Yep. And Mark Zonder has been my favorite drummer of all time. And when I got to hear Mark drummer, Mark Zonder's drumming on some of my riffs, I was giggling like I was 12 years old again. Like it was the coolest experience. And that CD is probably the most traditional prog of, of the three CDs out there that I have. And it's with Andy Enberg from Section A and Lion's Share. He's an amazing European vocalist. Um, and that CD, it was really fulfilling to me because even though I didn't get to write the lyrics, um, Andy and one of his partner, Connie wrote the lyrics, um, musical partner, uh, wrote the lyrics. It's, it's a really cool traditional prog metal CD. It's kind of, if dream theater took a slightly different turn in 2006, 2007, before they did, 
um, that kind of poppy album with Derek Sherinian and kind of went more Fate's Warning-ish. That's what that CD, I, I like to think of as kind of elegant. I love it. It's amazing. This CD, I wanted something a little more personal, a little more that spoke to whatever the hell I wanted to do at the moment. And the drummer, Mike Malian, and if you guys don't know Mike Malian, holy shit, you're welcome. Just go look him up. <laughs> yeah, no, Monuments. he was solid. Oh, Your band on here, been, everything on here is so tight. And that's and that has a lot to do with how the songs are written. I I'm a loner, man. I uh, you know, in my real life, I'm an English professor. I spend my whole life reading and writing and writing books and teaching classes on Hamlet, whatever else. And so I spend so much time alone. I love playing guitar that way. I love writing music that way. Um, and then I get to have others come in and say, "Yeah, Tony, that part sucks. Let's do this or let's play with this here." So I think the tightness came from me doing it all by myself to a click track, writing my writing all the drums, writing all the bass, writing all the keyboards, and really producing it the way I wanted to, and then letting it become more organic a little bit. And Michael, man, again, his band's dispersed monuments, and he's played with Angel Vivaldi and tons of other amazing players. Um, and he just started, I think it's called Malian Drum Academy. So definitely for the drummers out there, go check him out. Um, but he brought such a modern flair to the CD that I could have never done myself. And I'm just, every note he plays, he plays with intensity and joy. And it's just fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed the drumming on there. Was, there. Like I said, there's nothing on here that I didn't enjoy about the band itself, for sure. You know, you, you did a good job picking a great band for this one. And I've noticed on like every album, you've had a different lineup. And I, it's it's exciting to me to see something like that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing, man. I don't want to be bored either. And yeah, no. Bands are awesome, but when you're getting to be my age, being married to five guys is hard. Especially, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to have these, these short-term relationships with different people, it's so exciting. And it's so exciting to hear your, like, you know your guitar playing and you know your songwriting. And to get new people to, to sort of bring things to the table that's amazing. The next CD, I don't want to push it too much, but the next CD, which should be out in another year or two, um, I don't want to go far beyond Inhuman Error, but um, it's I, I, I'm trying to get all the singers from all the CDs on the new CD. Right. So like every couple of songs will go back to kind of the style of the first CD or the second CD or the third CD. And then I want to, again, I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, I want to get Richard, Richard Fink, Richard the Fourth, who sang in the first CD, Andy Enberg on the second CD, and Maxie Kernow all singing on one song on the new CD. So we'll see if I can pull that off or not. Yeah, kind of like what Halloween just did. Yes, and oh my God, do I love those guys? Always have. Yeah, my my boss over at Rat Salad. We just did two interviews, and God, he loves Halloween. I mean, I do too. I'm actually more of a gamma ray guy, but you know. All oh, right. But, but dude, I remember, man, I'm dating myself late eighties headbangers ball. When Halloween came on, it was like everyone, because we used to get together, like me and all my musician friends and hang out on Saturday nights and just listen and watch. And when Halloween came on, we would all sing along no matter how horrible we are. It was like the worst, <laughs> it was like the worst chorus of, of all time singing along to Halloween tunes. Oh, no. he has an amazing voice. Yeah, uh, Kiski. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's late eighties, it's Kiski. Yeah, God, he was oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he still <laughs> is, man. Oh man, absolutely. 
it's funny they keep coming up i've been on three podcasts well i've done like three separate things today and now uh halloween's coming up again it's kind of great well i think that's one of the coolest things about uh having the internet having this archive of metal music and i just did um a guest dj spot for a radio spot in norway and part of it was kind of my version of of what's awesome metal where did metal come from how does it work what inspired speaking to stones and so you know i'm I, i'm thrilled that we can pull these like not not odd bands but bands that certainly don't have the the, the airplay or the the gigantic fan bases as you know dream theater you know something like fate's warning or uh, the periphery or anything like that um so i i love that we can go back and that those bands are alive and well i love watching guys in their 50s and 60s play on stage if you if i would have said that when i was like 18 i'd have like oh fuck that dude whatever but oh my god i was before you and i started talking mike i um was watching a new interview with king's x yep who oh my god and i can't like i'm jittery i'm so excited about their new cd and uh it's just it's the first of all i'm sorry to get all preachy but like for those of us getting older who are hopefully getting better at our instruments and getting more mature and maybe getting more immature as we get older, right? We can loosen up a little bit. Right. Um, it's my God, there is something about being in the presence of somebody who has been writing music for 50 years, who's killing it and has been killing it since they were a teenager. And here they are at like 65, 66 and ripping your skull off. Right. Like it's the coolest thing ever. And I think the internet allows us, and there's a lot of critiques I have the internet, of course, but it allows us to sort of revisit, like I'm a huge Testament fan. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just saw him uh, live with Death Angel and uh, Exodus. <laughs> oh, man. Um, see, that's awesome. It's just awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of rough things about the world right now. But the one thing that isn't rough, the one thing that is freaking amazing it's how many, not only young kids, but how many old people are, I have friends picking up the guitar at 40. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, fuck, that is the coolest thing ever. Because I think it takes a little courage to start something like that when you're halfway through your life. Right. You know, it's awesome. I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's a cool time to be a musician. I'll definitely say that. Well, you know, even back in like 2004, five and six, you know, I was a guitar teacher at that point when I was like a 17 year old mm. kid, you know? Yeah. And I had like, 50 year old people coming in 40 something year old people coming in all the time wanting to learn to play picking up an instrument it's I, really it's it's really great that 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 kind of happens midlife too well and and again i i don't even think it's great it takes some courage to do that because you're like you know by the time you're midway through life you know you know what you're good at you know what you're not good at so to take up something brand new i love it the one thing and, and hopefully there'll be some young people that listen to this. They get pissed at me and yell at me about this and, and teach me something. The one thing that I lament is um, I don't see people obsessive about listening to music the way uh, my friends used to be and the way I, the things that saved my life as a teenager in my early twenties. Um, I know musicians get obsessive, but ever even people who love music, I don't see them, sitting down for two hours just to listen to two, two albums or something like that. Um, and I understand that everyone's busy and the world is chaotic. I, I think, I think the situation there is there's too many distractions. now. Yeah. It's so easy yep. to be distracted because everything's so easily available. You know, there's, there's the downside of technology. There is everything has become available and right in front of you. 
Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And so, again, if I can, a request to any, to the younger folks out there, the older folks too, but definitely the younger folks, do yourselves a favor, man. Do not listen to music on the same device you do everything else with. Nope. So when you're gonna when you're gonna listen to a song or song, put your phone down and go put put on something else. So that way, I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than like listening to a song and having ten texts come in and ruin it. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, and again, maybe I'm definitely dating myself, but there's something. Uh, there's a an, an Italian philosopher named Ted Adorno, and Adorno says if you haven't listened to like Mozart's Don Giovanni, the opera, from front to back, four hours, you've never listened to Mozart. Yeah. So if, you only listen, if you're only listening to tiny clips or 30 seconds here, or even why listen to those two songs off that record? Nope. Go back, front to back, listen to it. Your heart will be bigger and deeper. You'll be more anxious or less anxious and calm. Like I it's amazing because, again, I teach at Ohio University. And my students are all really fucking anxious for good reasons, right? There's a lot going on in the world. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, guys, there are things you can do, and I'm not, I'm not in any way discounting medications or real serious mental illnesses, but like getting yourself to like listen to an entire CD of music from someone you love, dude, you will thank me if you do that. You will, your heart will calm down, or maybe it will, it will speed up at the right points, but. There's there's these experiences that are so freaking cool and beautiful, and I think we need kind of old guys like me to maybe try to remind people, like, you know, the next time your favorite, you know, guitarist comes out with a CD, listen to the whole thing front to back once a week, like yeah. set it on your fucking calendar. Um, I, I it's funny I'm I'm also reminding myself of that because Joe Satriani just had a CD come out a little while ago, and I listen to it once a week front to back. Not when I'm driving, not when I'm working. I just sit back and listen because what a fucking gift that is from the world. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like when you get these amazing pieces of art from these artists that, oh my God. Again, our Jason Richardson CD just came out a couple weeks ago. Oh my God, I hate that fucking kid. And by what I hate, I mean love to death because he's no, so amazing. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, I just, it's inspiring as all hell, man. Inspiring as all hell to have the stuff come out. I, I feel like half the time I put on an album, I you know I listen to, and I'm just like, God, I wish I had wrote that. God, I wish I had done this. Oh. And it's I think that's the the best form of uh, inspiration is when I wish I could have done that, or could do that, or did it. Um, you know, so that's one of the reasons I'm really grateful you've had me on to, to talk about the stuff because speaking of stones, I hope, I hope, I hope fills a little tiny hole in the metal world. Um, some of the stuff is a little old school. It definitely is uh, taking from 70s and 80s prog and metal, but it really is rooted in Dream Theater, Fate's Warning, Queensryche, throw in some Pantera, some old school Metallica, Megadeth, Testament, and then throw in, you know, a little Periphery, a little Polyphia, uh, little Animals as Leaders, um, Five Finger Death Punch, or, you know what I mean? Shit, even, I'm going to get killed for saying this one, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, like Jared Leto, he might be a douchebag in real life, that's what everyone seems to say, I don't care, man, the guy writes some great fucking tunes, and he has one of the best metal, vo metal he's one of the best metal vocalists I've ever heard in my life, um, so I take tons of inspiration uh, from those guys, too, um, and I'm hoping, again, that, speaking of Stones, offers also a little bit of seriousness, like the lyrics on most of my CDs, especially the lyrics in this new one, um, 
I'm pretty serious, man. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I'm not the most hopeful for the species. And so the title of the, of the CD in human error is kind of saying almost everything we're doing is some sort of really effed up thing. Really it, it's, and I'm not, you know, whatever, look at politics right now, look at, um, ecological catastrophe, look at the types of wars we've been having for a long time. I'm not trying to get political at all. No, no, you're good. You're just, not. Just as a human person living in when and where I live, like I'm drinking coffee right now. <laughs> Sorry to turn this into a little bit of a lecture, but I love coffee. I, I probably paid three bucks for this cup of coffee. If everybody in the world who made this coffee for me picked the beans, got the oil to transport the beans, it should cost about 50 bucks per cup of coffee. So just by living when and where I am, the rest of the world's suffering so that I can have a good cup of coffee. Right. I know that. And I can't do anything about it. And even it's not like stopping drinking coffee is going to help anything. So my way of thinking about it is I got to put out something good in the world. Um, just because I'm privileged and I have cool things coming my way in terms of coffee and electricity and air conditioning. And because I didn't have those things when I was a kid, certainly. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Put, in, put out some cool things in the world. Put out some, uh, some beauty if you can. And so Inhuman Error is my, it's my meditation on failure, how I failed as a person, how I think sometimes our culture really fails, uh, how we fail each other. And that's okay. Uh, failure doesn't have to be a sad thing at all. Fuck. If you're a musician, you're very used to failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, God, yeah. Just go back. Right. Go back to your first time on stage, which I'm sure we all remember the exact times we fucked up on stage. Right. Um, anyways. No, so I, know. I'm, I'm hoping... I tell your promo guy, um, the guy that does your PR, um, I'm mm. like, dude, listen, I fuck up daily. So expect something, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. If, absolutely. if I don't make a mistake at least once a day, then something's wrong. Absolutely. And, it, and mistakes are fine, man. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> These are, these should be absolutely normal. Again, I worry about, uh, you know, some of the younger generations who just get screamed at from every direction to be something they're not. And it's like, man, uh, I, I'm glad that, you know, socially things are becoming a little more open for every type of lifestyle you can imagine. But at the same time, man, when I grew up, it was pretty open. I mean, maybe not, maybe not on the surface, maybe not out there, but everyone I knew, we allowed anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm the same way, you know, and I'm, right? I'm, I'm here in the, I'm here in the South, you know, so yeah. those things get a little wacky, a little backwards. Sometimes. I'm, I'm in Ohio. I'm in Southern Ohio. Yes. It can be similar. Yeah. And even, but even that man, like, again, not to get too weird. I'm a, you know, being an English professor in college, I get students, you know, very traditional students. I get very conservative folks, very left-wing folks. And it's like, dude, if you're in this door, you are fucking welcome. And I feel like music is the same way. If you're listening, you are welcome here. I don't care what you think, what you feel. You are fucking welcome here. And hopefully, the fact that we're all here together does something great, does something amazing, beautiful, and cool. And maybe that's idealistic, but I don't know. I'm assuming half the people listening right now, their lives have been absolutely transformed by the right song at the right time or um, the right lyric or the right guitar part. For me, it was... I think I was like 10 years old listening to Eddie Van Halen play uh, Love Walks In. Right. One of the most beautiful, oh, one of the most beautiful guitar melodies of all time. And I was bawling. And it's not, I was like 10 years old and it's not cool to freaking cry your eyes out. And I'm the youngest of six. So 
and you had to be careful in my family. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But man, it, it was like, thank God. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't, and I'm, I'm not alone. Right. But I cannot express to the world what one guitar player did for my emotional life. And I hope my friends and my students and my family and my, uh, when I have romantic partners or whatever, that they all benefit from what Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and Eddie Van Halen did to my heart when I was 10 years old and 12 years old, because listening to that shit made me more open to people, made me more risk. Like I, I, I can risk more because of that stuff. I mean, shit, just listen to passion and warfare front to back, Steve Vai. If you're not more open-minded about everything in the world after that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like something's wrong. Oh no, it's a transformative experience. Yeah. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. You know, anything by Hilmer Satriani in particular, you know, it's transformative. I mean, and you look at these I'll, guys, how they've all still grown over the years. Oh, it's amazing. I'll tell you right now, one of the best nights of my life. And I hope it's cool that we're just talking so much, not just about my band, but about other great musical well, artists out there. Here's, here's the thing. Your influences and the things that brought you to where you are are as important as your music. They brought you so. to the dance. Well, I, I was well going to ask man. you about influences anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is an interview. You're yeah. allowed to ask questions. You're doing Fuck, half I the, talk too much. Shit, you're doing half the job for me. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I was just going to talk about your album and tell you little things I liked, but hell, you're doing good. Go for it. Well, no, no, I actually, I'll talk about influences. And then I would love to know your responses to uh, Inhuman Error. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like curious. We just got our first review back and it was it was fantastic. I was so uh, thrilled. Um, but no, I mean, uh, one of the best nights of my life, man. I uh, I love fantasy and science fiction. And I, I teach a lot of classes on fantasy and science fiction. And was given a talk in Boston on, I think at the time it was uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. And down the road was Joe Satriani, John Petrucci, and Paul Gilbert. And so I got to have this amazing work day and then walk down the fucking road. And it, I'm sure a lot of guitarists out there will know what I'm talking about. Always with me, always with you. It's a Joe Satriani song from 1987 written about his wife. It's, a, it's one of the most beautiful little melodies in the world. And I've played it every which way from Wednesday. I've played it live. I've soloed over it. I've listened to it all the time. And sure as shit, in that concert, Paul Gilbert, John Petrucci, and Joe Satriani played that song together. And at the end, Petrucci gets to improv over it for five minutes, and Gilbert got to improv over it for five minutes. I was balling again. I was that 10-year-old kid again. Because whatever I do in music, I, I hope, I, I hope it gestures towards that sort of for lack of a better word, just power. Um, and there's two songs on the CD. One's called I'll Be Your Ocean and one's called Ghosts. And they're both uh, really, really mellow tunes. Um, and I wasn't anticipating doing that. As a matter of fact, again, for the guitarists out there, I, I got some new guitars and I strung them down to C, like really low. And I was expecting to write like some brutal fucking metal tunes. And I ended up writing these two really pretty like, <laughs> songs. Um, so th there's something very, I don't know, hopefully haunting about some of that on the CD. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to, I was going to say, uh, I'll be your ocean was quite an experience throughout the rest of the album. You know, it, it and, uh, you know, ghost were both quite different from what I, you know, had on the rest of the album. You did get some peaks and valleys there, you know? Thanks. So yeah, you get I, um, a journey. I mean, I you know, obviously, you know, that's 
one of your things with music is like the journey. Absolutely. And I obsessed about the order of songs. Oh my God. I must have listened. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. If you have... don't obsess about the order of songs, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> I just put one out, man. And I'm like, I, I obsess. I, and I shouldn't admit this. I've probably done an extra a hundred mixes, even after the CD, because my thinking was the CD is very special. The CD, first of all, again, No Dust and Animated Insanity, those guys fucking rock. They're amazing. Um, I am so thrilled that they've been working with me on getting a physical CD out there. Uh, the responses, uh, the pre-orders already went out. The CD itself doesn't come out until August 5th. The pre-orders went out, and I've been getting you know emails from folks who got it, and they, they think the, the physical CD, opening it up again, especially for somewhat older folks who remember the magic of looking at the cover art, and like, I write a little letter to my fans in each CD, um, just explaining what the hell I was doing when I was writing this stuff. Um, Steve, I does that. And I always thought it was cool. So the CD itself, um, the physical CD, I really hope everyone picks it up. It's amazing. The streaming version of the songs are going to be a little different. I rewrote some guitar parts. I played around with some of the mixes. Um, so I'm hoping that for people who love the CD, they'll also get a streaming version because it's going to be a different experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it should be. Right. That's my thinking, right? If you're going to, um, if you're going to buy the CD, which I think is such a cool thing to do, you should get more when you stream it, you know? It, so I'm hoping that there's a really cool journey through both the CD and when people listen to the streaming version of it. Well, I think even then, you know, you, you kind of have to mix differently for CD or streaming, just like you have to mix right. differently for vinyl because it's two separate things. Absolutely. You know, Spotify is like what negative fourteen. They they like cut your stuff down. You know, so. Yep. Um, and you want to be you want to make sure you're paying attention to that. So when people listen to it, it doesn't lose its power or edge. So like the the CD version of the songs, I'm thinking, um, Testaments practice what you preach, which is this. I think they played it live. Everything on it just has so much energy, almost too much. And so that's kind of what I was going for when I was getting those songs ready for the CD. I wanted it to feel really energetic and almost like it's bursting out of the speakers. A lot of high end, a lot of mid range, a lot of punch. Um, and for the streaming, I was like, you know what? Let me make it a little more manicured. So it's almost like there, there's the metal version, which is the CD, and then there'll be the prog version, which is the streaming. Same songs, yeah, uh, but just a little different in the production. No, that's, that's great. I, that's a really unique thing to do. I, I've never heard of anyone doing this. Well, one, I'm a crazy obsessive person. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not on YouTube as much as I want to be. And I hopefully will be next year. I have a lot going on in my personal life and my, my, my everyday work life right now. But once, once this year is done, I really want to get a lot of guitar videos up there. And I think there's something, and I don't think we give them enough credit for it, all these guitarists who give us tons of Instagram and YouTube uh, content, there's something really fucking brave about bringing your cell phone into your bedroom and just playing guitar for a minute. No yeah. matter how amazing you are, there's something that's a really cool gift, a really cool gift. And I've been, uh, I haven't had the time to do that. And I, people keep asking me to, 
not even, you know, you know, obviously give guitar lessons and show people do playthroughs of some of the Speaking of Stone songs, but just more like, hey, here's my studio. Here's me ripping a little bit. Here's me fucking up. <laughs> right? Right? Here's me trying to play my favorite riff or something like that. So I'm hoping that um, folks will get a lot more of that from me next year. But since I haven't done that, doing a different mix for the streaming was my way of giving something to the fans a little different, a little more, you know? Well, man, I appreciate all your hard work and uh, you know, your work ethic towards your music. You know, that's uh, that's a big thing with me. And, uh, you know, where you're talking about some of the, my reactions to the album. One of my biggest things with any album is how the album op- opens. Like, mm-hmm. I have to have that lead. So it's, you know, even if it's not super high energy or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. so your, your first track, obviously, is mostly just synth and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. such a great buildup to uh moments before the world ends and that was such a yeah. great song and you know it it was another one of those little journey you know things it was a, it was a trip because you know after we get through the you know the second chorus you know we get into that mood change after the leads and i was like oh wow mm-hmm. nice you know, it, it, <laughs> it was like okay real heavy oh, oh nice thank so, you <laughs> and then back to the heavy there's so many cool things about writing music like that. Like, so a moment for the end of the world, part one is kind of an orchestra part. And I, I kind of love the idea. You know, I'm sure you've all known the, the story of the Titanic as it's sinking the quartets that the musicians kept playing yeah. as, as long as they could. And so I love this idea that art has to prevail, man. Art has to keep going on. That's when we need it. So I'm thinking a lot about, you know, different types of apocalypses in the CD. And so to open up, I loved this dark, almost hopefully like film score. Like I was like, if I were to film a, if I were to do a score for a Chris Nolan Batman movie, how would I write it? <laughs> That's kind of what comes out. And then talk about influences. There's this, for those of you guys who haven't heard the song yet, a moment for the end of the world part two. Um, after the guitar solo, there's this breakdown with just, it's actually Imogen Heap's voice. So for folks who know Imogen Heap, I have some samples of her voice and I'm sort of using that as this backdrop backdrop. And then Maxie Kernow, the vocalist for Inhuman Error, um, does something like it's like a three-part counterpoint. So if you're familiar with like old Sabotage, where yep. they would do really cool counterpoints, but I wanted to do it really mellow. And it's actually taken from the musical Rent. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that, there's a beautiful song called Life Support. Um, and it has these beautiful different vocal melodies. So that's kind of what that's based off of. And uh, if anyone ever asks me what the lyrics mean, don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there were just these moments of basically I, I see that breakdown after the guitar solo to be kind of like when it's three o'clock in the morning and it's just you. And if you have kids, the kids are asleep and, you know, you're just walking around the house and can see the space between stars for a second. And it's like the whole world can talk. You know what I mean? It's like all the shit that you're pushing down all day because you can't think about it because you have so many responsibilities. It starts talking to you. And that's kind of what I hope that little moment before it kicks into metal again. Yeah, know, no, absolutely. Uh, I get off at like one o'clock in the, in the morning usually and I get home mm-hmm. and everybody's asleep and it's like, you get that little moment to yourself, you know? Yeah. That's very much what that's like. It's a very good description. Cool. Well, man, I appreciate your time. I got another interview coming up right after this. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
I'm going to give you another minute here to let everybody know once again where we can find all your merch, your music, uh, where we can find you on social media. All right. Well, thanks for having me, man. Again, the band is Speaking to Stones. My name's Tony Vinci. You can go straight to Facebook, Speaking to Stones. Uh, you can find everything you need to know about new releases uh, there. You can just check us out on YouTube. Uh, Gravity is the first uh, single from Inhuman Air, and that's out there now. You can pick up the CD at uh, No Dust Records or Animated Insanity, An Animated Insanity Records, and it will be streaming in September pretty much everywhere. Hell yeah. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Tony, thanks for joining us. Be sure and check this album out. Inhuman Error is like, this was a this was a, a, an absolute pleasure for me to listen to. You know, this was great. So, you know, go listen to it. And yes, sure, please. And uh, be sure and check out the, you know, Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast on social media. I'm also on YouTube. I do some stuff on there occasionally. Um, I'm on Facebook. Twitter at Mike Thrashing and I'm on Instagram. So, you know, any of those places come around, hang out, start up a chat, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, keep active with each other, you know, keep the metal community active. That's what this is about guys. You know, working Absolutely. together as a community. Uh, Tony, thanks again. This has been great. Uh, it's been a wonderful interview. You've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Hey guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.